0: up to $100. Just visit pricepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at pricepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to a $100. Price Picks daily fantasy sports made easy. It is SNY.tv's The Juice on the Fuse podcast covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football.
1: Today on the Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about a big week in the transfer portal for Syracuse basketball. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman, and our guest today is 24-7 Sports and CuseNation.com, Stephen Bailey. Stephen, how are you today?
2: I'm great. Great. It's been a a busy start to the offseason, but um, definitely excited.
1: Yeah, Stephen, I'm excited too. And that's because for the last six or seven years you've been on the podcast, I talk Syracuse football with you each time. So I'm glad to be talking hoops with you. And I want to get you started on this one. Wednesday afternoon, former four-star recruit and Syracuse native Samir Torrance announced his commitment to the Orange after two seasons at Marquette. How big of a get is this for the Orange?
2: You know, I think it's important just because he fills a need. Like, you need Clearly Syracuse needed another guard with Kadari entering the portal. You know, how impactful is he going to be next year? You, you kind of got to wait and see. I think what he does bring uh, is the ability to play the point. And, and Syracuse needed someone who could do that, not just a guard, but they needed someone who could run the offense behind Joe. Uh, but he hasn't done that at all. You know, Woody Newton played some of the two last year. We'll see if he comes back. But even if he does, you know, he's not going to get you into your sets. Um, you know, Samir is a, a pretty good decision maker. So, I I think he checks kind of the basic boxes. Like, you need a a guy who can be your backup point guard. Um, But I think, bigger picture, when you look at Syracuse's backcourt and kind of the perception that it had this year, like, it was probably pretty stressful for Joe and Kadari. It's a difficult position to be in when, you know, Kadari's pushing for time, and there's a lot of people who think, yeah, he should have been starting. And Jim kept starting Joe, and then Joe is, you know, Joe is now kind of this local legend of sorts from Glens Falls, you know, averaging fifty points a game who who fans want to see on the bench in place of Kadari Richmond. I mean that's just you know, I think that's a tough spot to be in and I think Samir being a, a hometown guy who has played with Joe and Buddy in, in AAU and played against them in high school, ball, like I just I think there's a there's some chemistry there and there's enough personal background and, and not that there was beef Kadarian and those guys that anyone has ever heard of, but you know, I think there's a, a natural hierarchy, and I think that um, you know they've known each other for so long that that it that it's going to be there. There won't be any chemistry issues. There shouldn't be any questions like that. And we'll see if another guard is brought in or, or anything like that. But you know, I I think I think it's a good fit on paper in those two senses. He is not kadari Richmond, and and I think I don't think it's fair to to you know, expect Samir Torrance to replace Kadari Richmond. And I think it's also still fair for Syracuse fans to be disappointed about losing Kadari because he's, I'm sure as we'll talk about, you know, he he, he is special in, in a number of ways.
1: Yeah, so let's get right to it. I think it's a huge disappointment for Syracuse fans. And if you were on social media at all on Tuesday, you saw a lot of animus directed toward Jim Boeheim for either not playing him correctly or not being able to keep him. Do you think that anger is justified?
2: From a fan's perspective, Absolutely. I mean it is easier said than done to be to be a head coach but you know yeah I mean I think Kadari it's easy to see how he can develop right he really just needs to get his shot together and get reps um you know he only started playing point guard as a senior at Brewster so he's still adjusting to some things but I mean his handle is tight his off hand is unbelievable his left hand he thinks his left hand might be better than his right hand um you know, perfect length at the top of the zone. He led the ACC in steals per minute, 20th in the nation, let SU in assist to turnover ratio, despite, you know, playing, I think seven minutes fewer than Joe uh, can clearly get to the rim. Like there's just, he doesn't really have a hole in his game besides the outside shot. And he made a couple of those late in the year. And I mean, that's, that's something you can work on. So I think the tough part is that, it, you know, his ceiling is so much higher than Joe's and, uh, you know it looks that way now i guess to be to be fair to joe so i think it's fair for for fans to be upset i think it's a difficult position for jim to be in um you know to try and have that conversation with kadari and there you know jim said that that he told kadari the best player will start next year uh, there was a report from the daily orange that um that he told kadari that that joe was slated to start citing an anonymous source so exit interviews are really always really hard to report on because there's literally two people in the room and sometimes they might have different accounts of what was said. So, you know, it's a difficult position, right? Because without knowing exactly what was said, it's kind of hard to, hard to critique. But yeah, I mean, I think there's a case to be made to say, Hey, like, you know, Jim, this, this is a guy who's worth really pushing your chips in on, even if it means, Joe maybe leaving or not, or not being happy with things. It's, you know, it it's, I, I think big picture when you look at the college landscape, this isn't unique to Syracuse. These are, these are conversations and decisions coaches nationwide are forced to have because of the one-time transfer of and because players who maybe saw fewer minutes than they wanted to can just go and, and play somewhere else. And I think it's well within their rights to do that. I think it's, it's great and fair to the players and in a sport that's still does not compensate them adequately for the money that they raise uh but these conversations become difficult there's there's not necessarily an easy answer that's going to appease everyone so you know that that comes with the job being criticized by fans and media members for for making decisions that that maybe they don't think were right but at the same time it's not an easy job
1: Let's talk about some other players who are potentially going into the portal because I don't think the players are done leaving yet. You mentioned it before Woody Newton, we're waiting on him, we're waiting on Alan Griffin, we're waiting on Frank Anselm. What's the latest there?
2: Yeah, I really don't know if I'm being honest with you, I don't have a ton of intel on on any of those three um you know, just kind of my gut. I think Alan's gonna take his time um you know i don't I don't know. If it's really clear anywhere whether he would have to sit out or not, should he transfer? My my understanding, based on a couple of conversations, is that the, the the general thought is he probably would have to sit out a year if he transferred because he already got a one a immediate eligibility waiver. Now that could change. I mean, these are uncharted waters, so you know it's, it, that that could that could still change. But if he has to sit out a year, transferring becomes a little less appealing um you know maybe he takes a look at the pre-draft process and then comes back it, he's in a really tough position I don't think he's got any great any great answer um but you know I I, I don't think he wants to be the one guy sitting out next while everybody else is playing um so we'll see I I don't think he should be in any hurry to make his decision uh you know Frank w- with John Bolton during the portal you know That probably opens things up a little bit at center. We'll see what Barama Sidibe does. We'll see what Marek Dolajai does. Um, Again, so he could be someone who is waiting on those senior decisions if both of those guys go. Well, then it's just him and Jesse Edwards. Of course, Syracuse is going to hit the transfer portal. They could easily bring in another big in such a situation, but there's maybe a little bit more incentive to stay if you're frank. Um, You know, he was also affected by um, the COVID situation throughout the year. I think that played into – kind of his, his diminished role to an extent. I mean, as did, you know, Jim wanting to play Marek at the five for as long as possible. Uh, and then Woody, you know, I don't know. Again, it's like, what's Marek going to do? What's Quincy going to do? Um, you know, it looks like Braswell's is probably going, um, you know, what's Allen going to do? Am, am I potentially going to be the third forward here or, or am I the fifth? And, you know, again, for that reason, maybe not an immediate kind of decision, um, but like I said, I, I have not spoken to any of them. Uh and I and I don't pretend to have a an intimate knowledge of of what they're thinking, but just looking at the lay of the land, those those two freshmen especially are, are probably in a predicament where you might want to wait and see what the players ahead of you on the depth chart do before making a choice. Um I know spots are gonna fill up quickly, so the other side of that coin is hey, if you don't get in the portal now, maybe there won't be a spot for you. Um, but it, it, you know, this is all new. So it, it, it's, it's hard to really project anything like that. But I would say those are my thoughts on, on those three guys.
1: And Stephen, we'll get you out of here on this one. The transfer portal is a two way street. As you saw on Wednesday with Torrance committing to the orange, they lost three guys. They have room for two more in return. Do you have other guys in mind that Syracuse could take in the transfer portal?
2: Yeah, well, they, they will have two coming in. Cause you got, you got Benny coming in, Benny Williams. Um, but you're absolutely right. They're going to bring in at least one more transfer, if, if not multiple. Um, you know, I think Jimmy Beheim makes a lot of sense. Jim seemed to bring him up a handful of times in press conferences in the NCAA tournament. Uh, you know, he's got got some length, got some shooting. Maybe he's someone who could help space the floor. Right. I think we saw toward the end of the year that that if, if Buddy's going to be that good of an on-ball player and that good in ball screens and dribble handoffs. You need four spacers. You need someone like Robert Braswell to kind of hang out in the corner and you know maybe move from the top of the key to the corner and, and and keep help defenders honest. You know, I'm not saying that's exactly what Jimmy would do, but I I think you want guys who can shoot. If you really believe Buddy can be the focal point of an offense and frankly, I think he earned he earned that belief this March. So you, you look at him, um Patrick Pay, uh you know from Duke, another former Syracuse target is someone who kind of naturally comes to mind. But there are so many guys in the portal that it's really hard to just narrow it down to a few, especially because I don't have the institutional knowledge that maybe other people have been covering the team for three, four, 5 15, 20, 20, 25 years. But, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's no doubt. They're looking, they're looking at the portal actively, and uh, you know, Jim Beheim said, you know, he was talking to Jay Wright, from Villanova, the other day about his situation. So a lot of these other coaches are friends. I, I think you know I think Syracuse is going to be plugged into what's happening. And I, I think like I said, I mentioned floor spacer and depending on what Barama and Marek and Frank do, uh a center if he can go out and find someone to do that. So those are the two spots I'd watch now that now that Samir is kinda of in the fold.
1: Stephen, thanks so much for coming back on the program again. Stephen Bailey from 24-7 Sports and CuseNation.com doing a great job of covering Syracuse basketball and football. Stephen, appreciate the time as always, and we'll speak with you soon.
2: Yeah, sounds great, Wes. Thanks for having me on as always.
1: Really enjoy talking hoops with Stephen, and I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online Editor-in-Chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? I am doing well, Wes. Thank you. Brad, it's the new normal in college basketball with the elimination of the one-year redshirt transfer rule, and Syracuse is no exception to the rule. Three Syracuse players announced they are entering the portal, and the Orange already got one in return in the span of three days. That's just how it's going to be when every season ends.
3: It is the new normal, Wes, and to me it's really the evolution of recruiting in college sports. And remember about a decade ago, we only had one signing period for basketball, and for college football recruits. Then we added the early signing period for both football and then subsequently basketball. And now with this new transfer portal rule and immediate eligibility for players who want to change schools, well, we've added another round of recruiting, if you will, for coaches. Because once a player makes an initial selection of his college of choice coming out of high school, and doesn't like how things are going at that particular school and program, they're now going to be able to transfer and be eligible immediately, which is going to require coaches, including the Syracuse coaching staff, to re-recruit players after they've already played a year or two of college sports. So it's a complete evolution. It's a complete change as to the way schools are going to stock their rosters with players are going to award scholarships, and really to run their program. So it's it's a whole new world, and it's really going to be a test for coaches to get back into the recruiting, not scholastic players, but collegiate players. And that really puts a whole new spin on the process of recruiting.
1: Brad, I asked this question of Stephen Bailey, and I'll pose the same question to you. The transfer of Kadari Richmond really hit a nerve with Syracuse fans This was probably Syracuse's best point guard since Tyler Ennis, and whether it was Joe Girard starting over him or some comments Jim Boeheim made about him being out of shape, this was not a good departure from the program. Do the fans have the right to be mad about the situation?
3: They absolutely have a right to be upset, Wes. And my first thoughts when I saw that Kadari Richmond had put his name into the portal were this. Think about it. Just not even a decade ago, would Deion Waiters and Michael Carter Williams have done something like this? All Deion Waiters was was the fourth pick in the NBA draft uh, his after his sophomore year, and all Michael Carter Williams did was win the NBA Rookie of the Year award. It's just incredible to think that happened in you know in the teens of the 2000s, and here we are, just some seven eight years later talking about the next great Syracuse guard or was going to be the next great guard in Kadari Richmond. And it's just amazing to think from Deion Waiters to Michael Carter-Williams to even Tyler Ennis, now with Kadari Richmond, not going to be a Syracuse player for his entirety of his college career. Just incredible. And I, I think Syracuse fans, you know, should be upset because here's an instance where, you know, Jim Beheim's not going to change. He's always been the same. He's always, you know, spoken, you know, speaks his mind about his players in, in post-game press conference situations. I remember with the recruitment of Stephon Marbury, uh, his parents were saying, you know, the weather up in Syracuse is icy, and so is the coach's personality. And sometimes the honesty is going to come back and backfire for Coach Beheim, and I certainly think that's the case with Kadari Richmond. The fact that he came out early in the season and said uh, Richmond had a lot of conditioning to do. He wasn't in the proper shape to you know, play even you know, 15, 20 minutes on the collegiate level really irked him. And it was behind the scenes something like, you know, why is the coach telling the public something like this? I'm working hard. I'm adjusting to the college game. I'm doing my all to contribute to the program. So I really think that that was something that really started this process. And then it was talked about the entire season. Kadari Richmond deserves more playing time. As you mentioned, we saw that on message boards. We saw that in tweets. We saw that other social media. And as the season progressed and Richmond's play increased and his performance increased, obviously so did Syracuse's fortunes uh, nearing to the end of the regular season, then into the postseason. So just a real tough loss. And, Not one player is going to be able to replace Kadari Richmond on the Syracuse roster. Uh, I I think, you know, it's a good start to get, you know, interest with other players, but a real big loss for the program. And I think it's something that the staff is going to think about in the future as they discuss the players in their program publicly.
1: Brad, we are right at the end of our show, your closing thoughts.
3: My closing thought, Wes, revolves around the fact that New York State has lifted restriction on spectators attending sporting events, both indoor and outdoor venues. And it's certainly a good sign, another step towards, quote-unquote, normalcy returning uh, in our society with the COVID-19 situation. But Syracuse will be able to have 10% of capacity indoors at the Carrier Dome. And so for football, at 49,262, almost 5,000 fans will be allowed to attend. Basketball attendance listed at 33,000, so 3,300 fans will be able to watch Syracuse Hoops again. And then if there are concerts or other big events like that, you know, again, 10% concert uh, statistics listed at uh, 5,600. So really good sign to see that A little bit of normalcy returning as more spectators will have the opportunity to attend games at the Dome as long as they can provide proof of either being uh, COVID-19 negative or have had their shot and vaccine.
1: Brad, my closing thoughts are another player Syracuse is pursuing in the portal, Villanova Ford Cole Switter, who put his name into the transfer portal on Wednesday. The Orange heavily pursued Switter in 2018 and were finalists along with Duke and Villanova. Switter is a 6'9 forward who Syracuse envisioned in the mold of Tyler Lydon, and he averaged 5.9 points and 2.9 rebounds in two seasons with the Wildcats. The Orange reached out to Switter already, and there appears to be mutual interest according to multiple reports. This would be another huge get for the Orange from the portal as College Free Agency continues. That's it for us. For Brad Bierman, this is Wes Chang reminding you that the first lullabies were just really boring songs. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.tv, and we'll see you next time.
0: This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.tv audio network.
1: Selling your car to Carvana is as easy as...
0: As easy as pie?
1: Sure. All you have to do is enter your license plate or bin.
0: As easy as a stroll in the park.